We are on Yevamos Ayin Dalet, Omer Aleph 74a, and we are continuing the discussion from last week's recording. <coughs> Essentially, the Gemara was asking, what is an RL uh, allowed to eat and not allowed to eat? What is somebody who is not circumcised? We know that they cannot eat truma, the special produce that is given to the Kohen, and only for the Kohen to eat. They cannot eat from the Pesach offering. Uh, we'll see also that it's pretty clear that they're not allowed to eat from uh, korbanos, from the various uh, korbanos, the various sacrifices that were that were brought. The question is, what about Maeser Shani? What about the produce which has to be brought to Jerusalem? 10% of your produce has to be brought to Jerusalem on years 1, 2, 4, and 5 of the 7-year cycle. Are they allowed to eat Maeser Shani or not? That is essentially the question of the Gemara. So the Gemara, in this recording, will bring a few different back and forth, a few potential proofs to prove one way or the other, and then we'll see what they conclude. The Gemara says, Tashma, let us bring a proof from the Brisa, a Brisa teaching from the time period of the Mishnah. It says, If a person did the bris mila, they had a circumcision, but they did not complete it according to its halachic requirements. So we say, such a person is viewed as an RL. They're not circumcised. They're not allowed to eat truma. They cannot eat from the Pesach offering. They cannot eat from the sacrificial offerings. And they cannot eat from Meiser. My love, Meiser Dagon, isn't referring to Meiser, i.e. Meiser Shani, the one that is brought, the fruit that are brought, uh, the produce on years 1, 2, 4, and 5 to Jerusalem. Where it says, no, lo, Meiser Behema. Meiser is short. There are different types of Meiser. There's also something referred to as Meiser Behema, which is has to do with animals and uh, every tenth animal has to be brought to uh, to Yerushalayim, to Jerusalem. It's brought every tenth animal is brought as a sacrifice, and then part of it is eaten by the owner, but it's brought as a sacrifice, and it it has the same first word Meiser. It's every tenth animal, but it's not referring to Meiser Shani. It's it's a sacrifice. So that's what the Gemara rejects and says Meiser is not referring to the tenth. Meiser is from Eser, ten, so it's a tenth. It's not referring to the tenth of the produce that's brought to Jerusalem. It's referring to every year. Uh, you have to bring every, uh, ten, every ten animals, you have to bring it to Jerusalem as a sacrifice. Gemara says, Meiser kachim. If that's the case, that's already a subcategory of Kachim. We said they can't eat from the sacrificial offerings. So why is it inclu- Why do they add it? It's part of the sacrificial offerings. So Gemara asks, "What are you talking about?" According to your reasoning, included in this list, we had truma, we had the Pesach offering, we had sacrificial offerings. So Pesach offerings are also included in sacrificial offerings. So why do we have both of them? What's the need for them? So the Gemara says, "No, tzrichi. We need both." Um. Bishlama Pesach Vikachim Srichimini both Ditana Pesach Mishim Da Relus Pesach Sivava Kachim Mamilo Vitana Kachim Havamina my Kachim Pesach Ella Maisabahimalamali. So the Gemara says that I understand why it had to mention both Pesach and the sacrificial offerings. Because if I only had Pesach, I would say it's specifically the Pesach offering, because there it's explicit in the Torah. If somebody's not circumcised, they're not allowed to eat from the Pesach offering. So I would not know. 
to extend it to other sacrificial offerings. And if it only mentioned sacrificial offerings without mentioning the Pesach offering, I would have said that when it says sacrificial offerings, it's very limited to only the sacrificial to only the Pesach offering. So I need both to tell me that it's not just the Pesach offering, but it's including uh, all other sacrificial offerings as well. But once that's the case, so then Ella Meiser Behemalomali. So then why does it have to add Meiser Behema? I understand why it has to add Pesach to tell me that it's not just Pesach, it's all sacrificial offerings. But Meiser Behema, the, 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 every 10 animals you have to bring a, a, an offering, that should be under the, a subcategory of just the broader category of all sacrificial offerings. So it can't be referring to Meiser Behema. So the Gemara says, rather it's referring to Ella Meiser Rishon. You're right, it's not referring to Meiser Shani. It's not referring to Meiser um, Behema. It's referring to Meiser Rishon. Meiser Rishon is, in essence, it's a tenth of your produce, also a tenth of your produce, which has to be given not to the Kohanim, but to the Levim. The Levim received a tenth of the produce every year. Every year they received a tenth of the produce um, from, from the Jewish people. Um, and then on one, years one, two, four, and five, a tenth of the produce has to be brought to Jerusalem, and, and doesn't doesn't necessarily have to bring it to Jerusalem, but you could you could transfer its holiness onto coins, and then buy something in Jerusalem to eat. Uh, but you have to you have to essentially the value of the tenth of the produce you have to bring to Jerusalem um, on years one, two, four, and five, and then on years three and six you would have to give a tenth to. Uh, charity, which referred to as Maeser Ania, on years three and six. But every year, there's something called Maeser where a tenth of your produce is given over to the Levim, uh, to the tribe of Levi who did not work. Um, they worked for Hashem, and for the for the Beis Hamikdash. So it's referring to Maeser Rishon. and this is the opinion of Rav Meir. The Amr Maeser Rishon also is Amr. Rav Meir is of the opinion that Maeser Rishon, the tenth that you give to the to the tribe of Levi. After you give it to the tribe of Levi, a non-Levi is not allowed to eat it. Israel is not allowed to eat it. And once that's the case, we are also stringent according to this position that they cannot, if somebody's not circumcised, they also cannot eat Maeserishon. So we have no proof. We don't have any proof that this is talking about Maeserishon, which could be eaten by everybody. Anybody could eat Maeserishon. It's brought by non-Kohanim, non-Leviim to Jerusalem. So we don't, have, we don't have any proof. We're stuck. We don't have any proof. So the Gemara wants to bring another proof. Tashma. Miditani Rebbechia Barav Midifti. Rebbechia Barav from Difti says, he taught, Aurel Asr Bishtei Maestros, and Aurel is not allowed to eat. Two different types of Maestros, two different types of a tenth. Ma'ala Becha Maestros, Dagan Becha Maestros, Behema. Aren't we referring to here Maestros Shani, the produce that's brought to Jerusalem, and also Maestros Behema, every tenth animal you bring as a sacrifice? Mara says, no. What's the proof? Hachanami. Maestros Rishon Vermeer. We're not referring to Maeser Shani, which is eaten by everybody. It's limited to Maeser Rishon. Maeser Rishon is given to the Levi, and according to Mayor, only it cannot be eaten by a Yisrael, and so therefore, somebody who's not circumcised also cannot eat it. But we have not proven whether or not Maeser Shani, which is brought to Jerusalem, is allowed to be eaten by somebody who's not circumcised. Next potential proof. Tashma. Onen Aser B'Maeser Umotar B'Truma Upara. Tful Yom Aser B'Truma Umotar B'Para. We have the following brisa, which has the following list of different categories of types of people, where we will say that for um, for one thing they're forbidden to eat, and for 
or to be involved in. And for two things, they are allowed. And so here's the list. Onain, somebody who just lost a relative that day. They're not allowed, number one, is they're not allowed to eat Meiser Sheni, uh, the, the tenth of the produce that's brought to Jerusalem on years one, two, four, and five. However, they are, they are allowed, in fact, to eat Truma and to be involved in the Paraduma, in the sprinkling and the purification process for somebody who became impure by touching a dead body. That's the Paraduma that we've discussed in the past. The next case is Tvulyom. Somebody who already went to the mikvah, they became pure. However, it did not yet reach nightfall. So we say they're not allowed to eat truma. You have to wait until nightfall for them to eat truma. However, they are allowed to eat maizer sheni. And they are allowed to be involved in the process of the paraduma. Case number three is mechoser kippurim. Mechoser kippurim is another stage, which we'll discuss in greater detail uh, later in the next recording, God willing. That Mechoser Kippurim is, let's say they went to the mikvah and it's nightfall. But there are certain cases where even after one goes to the mikvah, they're not completely tahor, they're not completely pure yet. Until the following day, they bring a sacrifice. They have to bring a specific sacrifice. So such a person who, they already went to the mikvah, it's already nightfall, they're, they are not allowed to be involved with the paraduma. However, they are allowed to eat truma and they are allowed to eat maizr sheni. So all these are different cases where it's forbidden for one category, but it's permissible for two. Says, I don't understand. If it's true that an RL is in fact allowed to eat maizr sheni, somebody who's not circumcised is in fact allowed to eat the maizr sheni, the produce that's brought to Jerusalem, so then we should add to this list. They're not allowed to eat truma, but they are allowed to eat Maestro Shani, and they are, in fact, allowed to be involved in the purification process with the paraduma, the red heifer. So this seems to be like a pretty good proof. The Gemara says, no, it's not a good proof. Why? It's a good proof, perhaps. Perhaps it's a good proof. It says, Hi, Tana de Rabbi Kiva, he. De Marbi Leila Arel Kitame, de Tana Rabbi Kiva Omar Ishish Rabo says Arel. Essentially, we go back to the position of Rabbi Kiva. If you recall, Rabbi Kiva said that how do we know that somebody who's not circumcised cannot eat truma? So we had two opinions. One opinion said that it's learned based on uh, two words that were similar to each other from the Pesach offering. No, that's not Rabbi Kiva's position. He says, because the verse which says that if you're not pure, you cannot eat truma, also says, ish, ish, person, person. (laughs) Excuse me, it's repetitive to tell you also somebody who's not circumcised. So he equates Somebody who's not circumcised with somebody who is not pure. Somebody who's tummy, who's impure. And so according to him, in fact, uh, he would not. such a person would not be able to be involved in the paraduma. They wouldn't be able to be involved in, in these different parts. And so therefore, they are, we can't include it in the list because Rabbi Kiva is unique. Rabbi Kiva is unique to say that they are not allowed to uh, if you're Aro, he holds that Aro Katame, that if you're not circumcised, it's like you're impure. And so therefore, you cannot partake in Truma, certainly, but you also cannot t- partake in the in the Paraduma uh, process either, in the process of purification. So you're never going to have one to two when it comes to being uncircumcised. Rabbi Kiva is unique. So the Mar now says, Uman Tana de Palegaled Rabbi Kiva. So who is the one who argues on Rabbi Akiva? We need to find a position that argues on Rabbi Akiva. Who argues on Rabbi Akiva? Who's, meaning, Rabbi Akiva says that if you're not circumcised, you cannot be involved in the paraduma process and in the uh, sprinkling of the water to purify somebody who 
was in con- came in contact with a dead body. So who's the one that argues? The Gemara says the following: the following brayso. It says Tana de Rabbi Yosef Bavlihi de Tanya. Shreifas onen mechosar kipurim kshira. Rabbi Yosef Bavli Omer onen kshira mechosar kipurim pesula. Essentially, the first opinion says that somebody who is mechosar kipurim, somebody that we mentioned, the idea that we mentioned earlier, that even if they went to the mikvah and it's nightfall, but for certain for certain people who are impure, they still have to bring a sacrifice the next day, and they have not yet brought in that sacrifice. So we say they cannot be involved in the paradumer process. And Rashi explains just like such a person can't be involved in the paradumer process, according to that first opinion, somebody who's not circumcised also can't be involved in the paradumer process, cannot be involved in the process of the sprinkling, which is against Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva says uh, that, sorry, the first opinion says that they could be involved. If you're you're missing the korban, you could still be involved in the paradumer process, and just like they could be involved, such a person could be involved in the paradumer process and the sprinkling, so too, somebody who is not circumcised could also be involved. So that's against Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva says such a person cannot be involved. This opinion says that you could be involved. So we see that there are those who argue on Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva is unique. He's the one who holds R.L. Katame, that if you're not circumcised, it's like you're impure. But not everybody, in fact, uh, holds like that. Okay, so now the Gemara now says, Right now, we're still we're still pretty much stuck. We don't know. Meister Shani, produce that's brought to Jerusalem in years one, two, four, and five. Could somebody who's not circumcised eat this produce? We said according to Rabbi Kiva, uh, they cannot potentially, or at least uh, maybe it's inconclusive. There's different ways of understanding the Gemara, which we won't get into right now. But for it's unclear. But the Gemara now wants to say, final answer. It's Rabbi Yitzhak. Rabbi Yitzhak says that if you're not circumcised, you're not allowed to eat Maeser Shani. You cannot eat the produce. How do we know this? Tell Rabbi Yitzhak. Rabbi Yitzhak says, How do we know that somebody who's not circumcised is not allowed to eat Maeser Shani, the produce uh, that's brought to Jerusalem in years 1, 2, 4, and 5? So it's based on a concept called a Gezerah Shava. Based on the two words that we find by Maeser Shani and by the Pesach offering. And by the Pesach offering, they're not allowed to eat if you're not circumcised. So, so too by Meister Shani. That's the general gist of it. And the Gemara, for the rest of the time, is going to figure out all the details of what exactly are the words that we're connecting um, and the fact that it has to be a word that's not used for anything else. So that's what the rest of the Gemara will be dealing with. But that's the broad idea. Essentially, we have Xerishava. We have two words that are connecting to each other. One's by the Pesach offering, one's by Meister Shani to tell us that just like by the Pesach offering... If you are not circumcised, you're not allowed to eat from the Pesach offering, so too for Meiser Sheni. Because Namra Mimenu, Meiser Namra Mimenu, Pesach, it says the word Mimenu from it. Ma Mimenu Amar Pesach Aral Aserbo, Avmenu Amar Meiser Aral Aserbo, just like by the Pesach offering, if you're not circumcised, you can't eat, so too for Meiser Sheni. And the Gemara says, Mufni, it has to be that the word Mimenu is open, it's not used for anything. Dilo Mufni, Ekel Mifrach. Uh, the Gemara says that if it's not if it's not open, meaning if it's not being used for, if it's being used for something, then we can't make such a gzir shavu. We can't make such such a connection because you could ask a question on this connection because you could say the pesach offering is more stringent. The reason why you're not if you're not circumcised, you can't eat from the pesach offering. It's because they have added stringencies. How do I know? Because they have added stringencies of somebody who's impure or. 
the fact that you could disqualify the korban, the, the, the actual sacrifice, by thinking the wrong things, uh, the wrong time to eat it, or, or um, you know, delaying it. So there's added stringencies when it comes to the Pesach offering. So it has to be that it's open. The Gemara says, It is open. My mufni. How is it mufni? How is it open? So here, it's a little complicated because there are three verses of Mimenu, where it uses the word Mimenu, both by the Pesach offering and by Maestro Shani. And so three times it says the word Mimenu from it, which is the word that we're using to connect Maestro Shani to Pesach. And we'll see the Gemara, how the Gemara uses the word Mimenu. There are three times it says Mimenu Pesach, one is Mimenu, it says from it, it's because you need it for itself. One of them is for the Gzir Shava, for our way of connecting it to Maestro Shani. That's the one that's open. The third time it says Mimenu, the reason why you need it there to say from it is really to teach you um, different halachos, different halachos. It's in the context of if you have leftover that you have to burn it. So either to tell you that there's a positive commandment to burn it if you have leftovers from the Pesach offering or that you cannot burn it the next day because the next day is the first day of Pesach. It's Yom Tov. You have to wait till the following day where it's Cholamoid, where it's a, it's a, it's, uh, it doesn't have the laws of regular Yom Tov. It's not a weekday either. It's Cholamoid. It's the in-between uh, days. Uh, but you cannot burn it on Yom Tov. Maybe that's why it's there for. But the word Mimenu is, is being used for something. But the point is that the second Mimenu, the second time it says the word Mimenu, it's not being used for anything. And then it continues and says, When it comes to Maestro Shani, it also has the word Mimenu three times. One is for itself. The second time it's mentioned is for Rabbi Avohu Amar of Yochanan. We had his opinion earlier. Again, it's a lot to remember, but we had his opinion earlier who said that the Mimenu, it says from Maeser, it says that uh, that you're not allowed to burn it after it became impure. You're still not allowed to burn it. It says from it. Implication only for Maeser Shani. You can't burn it if it's Maeser Shani, but you could burn it if it became impure for Truma. So it's being used for something. Um, that's the second Mimenu. And then the third one, v'chad l'derish lakish. The third one is used for rish lakish. The amar rish lakish, amar of samai. Minayin l'maiser sheni shenitma shemutu l'socha. We said for maiser sheni that it became impure. We just said that you're not allowed to burn it, but you are. What are you allowed to do with it? You could uh, put cream, use it as cream for your body. You could uh, anoint yourself with it. Um, so for sicha, that you are allowed to do. How do I know? Shenamar v'lonasati mimenulamais. It says that I didn't use it. Mimenu, that's the third time it's used. Mimenu lemes, I did not use it for somebody who's dead. Lemesu de lonasati, I did not use it for somebody who's not alive. However, I am allowed to use it. If it becomes impure, I am allowed to use it in a parallel way. In what way can I use it for somebody who passed away? In that way, it's not allowed, but in this, that way, for somebody who's alive, I could use it. So, what is that? What's equivalent to somebody who's alive and somebody who's dead? In the way I can use it, have omer means to use it as cream, to use it as cream for the body. That that you could do for both, and so therefore the verse is telling you you're not allowed to use it in that way for somebody who's dead, but you could use it in that way for somebody who's alive. This is just a side point. <laughs> Maybe it means to clothe the just like you clothe a dead person. 
So to you put clothes on a live person. So maybe it means not to use it for cream, but maybe it means to uh, turn it into clothing. So Amar Vuna Breder of Yeshua, Vuna Breder of Yeshua says, Mimenu Migufo. The fact that it uses the word Mimenu from it, it means from it to use it on the body. It means on the body itself. And Ravashi Amar Lonasati, Dumya Diloachati, Malaholan Migufo, Afkam Migufo. Ravashi says, How do I know that it's talking about anointing with cream? Uh, because it says, Lo nasati, I did not give it, just like it says, I did not eat it. And so it's all having to do with the body itself. Not about clothes, but something that you do directly onto the body. Just like eating is directly on the body, so to, uh, to put cream on, that would be directly on the body. The point is, is that this 30 menu, uh, we're a little bit above the 20-minute mark, but we're just going to go a few, for a few more minutes until we finish this particular topic. Um, and so this 30 menu is there to teach us that even though when it becomes impure, I cannot use it for anything, I cannot use it to burn, but I am allowed to use it to use it as, as cream. But the point is, the Gemara says, Okay, based on the three menus, we have three menus by the Pesach offering, three menus, the word menu by Maestro Shani. Uh, but it's still, it's only open, it's only not used for anything by the Pesach offering, once. So, so I understand the to opinion that says you only need it to be open on one side, i.e. the Pesach offering, that's fine. But if according to the opinion that says you need to have something, a word that's not being used for anything on both sides, meaning both by the Pesach offering and by Maestro Shani, so then how do you explain this? What are you going to do? The three Mimenos by Maestro Shani are being used for something. So the Gemara says, no, the second one, The second one, which we said, the second Mimenu is there to teach you that uh, for Maestro Shani, you're not allowed to use to burn if it becomes impure, but for Truma, you could. That really has a different source. Really, the second Mimenu is open because there's a different source for that concept. How do we know what's the source of that? The Amr of Nachon, Amr of Avua, my The verse says, I give to you as a guardian for your Truma. They have to guard your Truma. In the plural, it says your Truma in the plural. The verse says that I'm a, you should guard the truma in the plural to tell you whether it's pure or impure. You have to guard it, and it's yours, meaning it's yours to burn, that you're allowed to burn with it. The point is that we have some external source to tell you that you're allowed to burn the truma for your own pleasure, provided that it becomes impure. So then you're allowed to burn it. So the second mimenu by Meiser is now open. So the point, really, the conclusion of the Gemara is that the point is that we have a mimenu. The word mimenu is both open and even though it's mentioned three times, by, both by the Pesach offering and by Maestro Shani. So once by the Pesach offering, it's open. It's, it's not used for anything. Once by Maestro Shani, it's not used for anything. So now we can connect the two and we have an answer to the question we've been asking for all this time. Maestro Shani, in the end of the day, cannot be eaten by somebody who is uh, not circumcised. And that really concludes that particular topic. In the next recording, we're now going to begin uh, continuing on in the mission that we started off with a while ago. Uh, delving into a new topic.